Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. Hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. Uh, I am very excited today. I get to hang out with one of my very longtime friends. Uh, we have only worked together a handful of times, but the, each time has been very pleasurable. It's been uh, very professional. And uh, it's one of those things where we connected on Facebook and then we've been friends and we've kept in touch ever since. These are the very few times that we will both have an hour to sit down together because we're usually crisscrossing paths and we're both jealous of each other's clients. And we always wish we could trade off and uh, just kind of do a Chinese fire drill with each other's clients every once in a while. But sadly, we don't live in that world. We, we're it's far more pragmatic than that. So this is the best we get to do. We're going to sit down and hang out for a bit. And I hope you guys will enjoy it. Uh, his name is Chris Stuba. He is a lighting designer and director at Stuba Light. He is hanging out in Texas while I'm here in Canada. Thank you so much for hanging out today, Chris. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Nice to see you. Always a pleasure. You look great. Uh, <laughs> I was just scrolling Facebook last night and I saw that you got to go do a gig and my jealous bone just jumped through my chest. I, I was so happy to see you hanging out with some of our mutual friends and uh, that must have been great. Can you tell me all about it? Oh, it was fantastic. Um oh. <laughs> uh, dusted off the tools and the gloves and um, did a little uh, live broadcast for uh, a band called Junk Bunny, great up and coming Texas band. They uh, it was a benefit for Texas Children's Hospital. It was about 13 people in there plus staff. Um, the, the moment they turned the PA on to test it, the audio they played through it uh, literally made me hit my head spin around and I could not believe the feeling of being bathed in great live music. It was just one of the things that I had forgotten about. And I'm, I'm kind of shocked that I'm saying audio over lighting, but it was truly, that's part of the experience and how it permeates your body. And it's just a wonderful feeling. It was really great. First show in 11 months that I've done. So yeah, it was great. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will have a moment of vulnerability here with you. It is the audio. It's when rattles your guts and you're oh. in a room and people are. Yeah. It's usually turn it off. I'm trying to focus, but th that day it was no, just leave it on. It was fantastic. Just do your thing. Just let the decibels fly there. I, I need to, I need to feel it. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Really great. It's the standing little things that we take for granted. Oh yeah. Standing on a loading dock. was just amazing. 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 Good stuff. Did you get to focus lights? I did. I had an electrician on a lift and, uh, 
even though uh, it wasn't easy, it was easy, but it, and it was fun. Uh, who knew how much fun focusing could actually be when you haven't done it in 11 months? It's been, it was really wonderful. The go, goes oh. and pars. Oh, just great. <laughs> Dropping in gel frames and just oh, hearing the, yeah. the beeping oh. of a, of a lift of backing a lift. up. Oh yeah. 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 All of it. All the stuff that used to be somewhat irritating. You just enjoy it a lot more. The sound of gaff tape ripping. <laughs> You know, those are the things. The sound of a backline guy bitching about catering, you know. Uh, please, I, I'd pay a backline guy to come hang out at my house and just bitch about catering right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I could find one for 10, yeah. 15 bucks to come bitch the at my salad house. Salad is catering. bullshit. <laughs> Where's my Diet Coke? I ordered yeah, Diet Coke. Yeah. yeah. Why are you always in my way? Right. <laughs> oh man, that sounds wonderful. I uh, I look forward to that. Uh, it, I was, as I, much I was, as I miss the audio, it's the it's the hanging out with the guys that I miss the most. Oh, yeah. That's what the part oh, yeah. that I'm Just really looking forward making, to. Making fun of each other and laughing at uh, you know awkward moments and just. Uh, that part of it uh, really missed it. And to be truthful, even if I wasn't on the gig and I knew my friends were on it, it would still make me happy because we're heading in the right direction. So it was, I was glad to be part of it. I was really thankful. Oh man, I miss, I miss live shows. I, I don't even care if it's uh, in a ballroom on a, in a stadium with 20 people. That's all it takes. Just, oh, I know. I know. I saw in a room this. with 20 people. Did you see the footage of the Genesis tour rehearsals with Roland? I did. I saw that. Oh, that made me really miss it so much. That sound and that production and just all of it, man, it's going to happen. And I can't, I can't wait. Can't wait. I believe it has already been pushed back to September and September can't come soon enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know it. So this is uh, actually a good way to bring me to the, the major arch of what I wanted to talk to you about today. So one of the things that is definitely going to be happening soon is a lot of the, the tours that are going out, they are going to know that they have the same size production and they're going to have a much smaller audience. So inevitably that's going to lead to a lot of people either having to doing double duty to kind of help make the production profitable so inevitably it's gonna they're gonna be asking us to and especially people like you and me who you know i prefer to be a director but i can design i don't like designing nearly as much as i like directing because of the politics and everything but eventually there's i feel like i'm going to be asked to do both do you foresee that happening to you well um the uh, I've been fortunate in a lot of a lot of ways. The years with ZZ Top and the years with uh, Brian Wilson, I design and direct. So, okay, um, I, I wear both hats in those camps, and I enjoy I enjoy the live, the performance part of it much more than the design part. Even though <laughs> the design part, it, there is a lot of politics and there's a lot of minutia that goes with it, but. I think that you, after all these years that we've learned, we've got a toolbox of tools that can facilitate that. And it's nice to be able to use what you've learned or stolen, <laughs> whatever the case is. 
but uh, that part I do enjoy. And, but the performance part, it asks more of you, I think, because besides all the day-to-day stuff that we have to do deal with and spot positions and, you know, we can't get trim and this isn't, the set's not going to be here, all these, those kind of questions that happen. The actual two hour of the performance really uh, is um, what, what you work out for. And uh, yeah. And when it's right, uh, there's, 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 you can't describe it until unless, unless you're to talk into another lighting director, there's just no mm-hmm. way to try to explain that moment. But as far as as far as the tours going back out, and uh, I, I I don't know, man. I hear so much speculation from so many different sides of what it's going to be and what it may not be. Um, I think that inevitably that every tour is going to go out pretty much at the same time, and I think that there's going to be probably a lack of gear, probably a lack of personnel. Certainly in our in our field, a lot of the young guys have have realized it's just not worth the price to pay to hang out. And they, a lot of the old guys I know have retired and some guys have said, you know what, I, I'm just going to get a job and stay home. And so I think there's going to be even a more demand for people that are capable to do it. And, uh, and both sides of that. I think that uh, even the big designers are going to be, be busy beyond their belief. I think once it gets back going. I, I agree. I think at first it's going to be a trickle, but then I think as soon as five tours are successful and able to tour, I think the floodgates are going to open up pretty wide. And I think yeah. a lot of the people that have been trying that had shows booked in 2020 are going to just go nuts in 2021. Exactly. Exactly. I, 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 there's no way you can replace live entertainment, whether it's theater, dance, whatever. Uh, you can't. We've just seen a whole year of it. I don't know how many uh, podcast concerts you've seen, but they're just not the same, even if they're your favorite. It's just there's the, that emotional human element that's missing, that you're in the same building as that uh, the people that you like and you're with uh, 10,000 like-minded people. There's just no way you can replace that. You can't replicate yeah. it. Yeah. It sounds like you would uh, you would never seem to gravitate towards the designer who just hires a director and sends them out on a tour. It sounds like you're in it for the, the performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, to me, it's all lighting. I, I mean, it's been that way for a long time. And uh, I'll go out uh, and do auto show stuff and just be the ME on it. And I'll go out and just be the lighting director. I'll just be the designer. It's just... To me, there's no delineation between it. It's you're a lighting guy and that's what you do. It's not really, why wouldn't you want to be, if you call yourself a lighting guy, why wouldn't you want to learn every board out there? Why wouldn't you want to learn every light out there? Why wouldn't you? I mean, why would you sell yourself short on that? Even if you could No, there is a bit of politics that you don't want to um, uh, alienate yourself by mm-hmm. saying uh, I'm a designer and now you're competing with designers when you, you really want to be a director. Uh, so there's that whole angle to it. But I think there's a certain, certain level of uh, acts that um, require, you know, strictly a designer. But uh, uh, there's hundreds of acts that don't really even know what a designer does for that matter. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> that's it's, true. That's true. Right, you're a lighting director, right? You put the lights up, you know? So it, I think that there's, there certainly within the next year, there's going to be room for everybody. And I think hopefully we're all back to work and appreciating it a lot more than we did, because I think I, that's a big problem. I think that uh, that exact lack of clarity has led to a lot of lighting lighting guys to become designers because they the band will just go to their lighting crew chief and they're like, hey, can you run lights? And he's like, yes. Uh, can, you, can you design our next tour? Y- yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And next thing you know, they are the designer. And oh, they, yeah. And some they, they, they had no intention of it. Yeah. It happens. Oh, yeah. 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 There's people that that uh, yeah I was I was their, their baggage guy for the band and they needed a lighting guy so I became the lighting guy or you know I drove the truck and I'm now I'm the lighting guy it, it <laughs> certainly happens you know to all different degrees oh the only time that really becomes an issue with me is when when people from outside of our industry or even like just on the perimeter of our industry ask me what I do like a lot of times they'll ask me like are you the you the lighting designer for Fleetwood Mac? And be like, no, I'm the lighting director. And they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You're lighting designer. I'm like, please don't tell anybody in my, in my yeah, industry that yeah. I said that because I'm not. <laughs> right. But as far as this conversation goes, sure, I'm the lighting guy. Yeah. Designer, LG. director, whatever you want to call it. I'm the guy who sits out in front of house and runs yeah. lights. Yeah. <laughs> I Does that ever funny. come up to you? Yeah, it happens. I just say general terms lighting. But I mean, it's like trying to de- try people trying to figure out what a tour manager and a road manager do. Are they the same guy? Does one go on the road? One does, you know. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny that over the years I've had friends that have come out to see me and um, I'll show them the lighting board maybe before the doors and they'll go, you want to run lights? And they they just start hitting every button there is. And that's, uh, that's what I think they think we do. We just smash buttons. To, like a seven-year-old. Yeah, just, just mash them. It's like, uh, no, there's a little more to that. A little more to it than that. <laughs> it's tough to explain to people when they ask, like, I thought that the computer just ran, the, ran those. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of those out there. Well, time yeah. code show, right? You really just... You need a uh, an IT guy, and you're all set. Um, I've been I've I've done some corporate stuff with Timecode. I love it. I mean, because you get it right one time, and uh, it's always perfect. But live, it just it seems so uh, it seems so foreign to me. Like because I think music lives and breathes, and I mean certainly there's certain acts when you're when you're talking about Timecode and the whole band is on track. I guess it doesn't really move and breathe mm-hmm. but even then you know you still there's some element to it that's missing you know the human factor and that's what music is it's a it's a living breathing thing so i can only imagine that seeger extends choruses and shortens verses he I would imagine he goes everywhere he wants to um he's uh his work ethic is amazing and he doesn't they do not stray uh, okay. It's literally, he's standing downstage right every night at that part of the show. And he's at the drum riser at this part of the show. It's for him 50 years of doing it. He's a consummate showman. 
he's pretty, it's pretty tight ship. I mean, you punch a clock at 9am and you, you know, you punch out at five. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's not so much that as with him, but even stuff like audience lights, right? The way that uh, a tungsten audience lights react to a dimmer. When you hear a crowd, you're breathing with them. I mean, because yeah. a crowd only go, can go <sighs> for so long. Right. And then they're going to, they have to take a breath and you're right there with them on those kind of hits and things like that. And that makes it a little more organic, but certainly there's, um, Azizi was a great example where they, they, they'll stray and they'll let the solos go and they'll change it up a little bit. Um, and of course, you know, when you're doing, uh, festivals and, and one-offs and stuff, you're not, you're not having the same rig every time. So yeah that element is also pretty critical that you know you uh you're you're a big part of what happens in those shows if you have two park ends you better make them work really good right um and so so there's that that organic part to it as if it was time coded and you had the same rig every night and it was the same band i guess it's okay it's just really nothing that really appeals to me about it at all I can only imagine that ZZ Top is probably one of the best examples of that sort of band where two park hands or a hundred moving lights is you're going to get, uh, you're going to get the same vibe from that show. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I've been really fortunate because all the old guys that I work with like Bob and, and ZZ, um, you know, they, they started and their business is a lot, lot different and ZZ, uh, you know, they could perform in a horse barn and it would be as the same thing as them performing at Madison Square Garden. They're just consummate, like Chitlin Circuit kind of entertainers, you know? Um, and that, that's been a wonderful learning aspect for me because um, as the French say about ZZ, they are cabaret, right? And it's just like an old throwback to, uh, to entertainment gone, you know, from years, from years gone by. And, uh, it's, it's, that's a, that is a really cool thing. Man. When I think of those guys and how they've been able to see the concert industry change. And, and that includes yourself. I can only imagine the, the amount of things that you've seen change since oh, yeah. ZZ top in the horse barns to ZZ top now. Yeah. The biggest thing I think that's changed, uh, it's not so, I mean, obviously the technology, but yeah. uh, what what's, seems to be missing to me, when I started in this business, there were some of the most amazing characters I'd ever met in my life. These people that ran our industry, the tour managers, the sound guys, everybody was a character and nobody was politically correct at all. And yeah. they would say that the wrong things at the wrong time and they just live like pirates and uh as of today you see it yourself and things get way more corporate people like that are not as uh, widely acceptable fortunately for all everybody's sake most of them have retired because it's, they just got old but that part of it's completely changed where it was a little more wild west back back in the day uh today it's you know, it's uh, it's a different animal. The shows are the same, but the the po corporate politics and all that stuff has definitely changed. Yeah, I think that came 
specifically lays at the hands of the corporatization of the promoters. Whereas you used to go from state to state and deal with different promoters. Yeah, now good. you deal with the same promoter, yeah. basically yeah, all of point. North America. Yeah. Really good point. Uh, the, the, those promoters, every one of them was a character and they, yeah. and, and they wanted you when your band was coming back to Cleveland, they wanted you to play his room. So he would go out of his way to do dinners and fine wine and swag. And, you know, it was a different thing completely. And they were in competition with each other. I mean, yeah, there's a, a great story. Uh, Don Fox, who was uh, owner of Beaver Productions, did ZZ Top for years and years. And he was a, he the warehouse in New Orleans was his gig. He's a legend of the business, but ZZ was doing a show one time and uh, it was one of his shows and the band got off stage and they, something had happened and they needed to have a little powwow, all three of them, which is kind of unusual, but they all go into a dressing room, shut the door and lock it after the show. And Don goes up to the door to knock on the door and they won't open the door. They won't answer the door. He gets a forklift and drives it through the door. This is my gig. Nobody shuts a door on me. <laughs> nice. It, you can't do that today. It just doesn't have the same feel to it. If you were a corporate corporate liaison, if you were. That's the way it was though. Like you're in my house. You can't lock yeah. yourself in the bathroom in my house. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You're getting out of there. I don't care what, <laughs> I don't care who you think you are. You're in my house. No. It's, it's that level of ownership, that self ownership. Like this yeah. is, you're a guest here. Yeah, you're yeah. my client, but you're a guest in my house. Yeah. Crazy times. Yeah. I, for better or for worse. It, it's not like that anymore. You know, I like to think that the best part of the progression is that we aren't putting forklifts through doors anymore. But the worst thing about it is that we're not putting forklifts through doors anymore. <laughs> we're not doing any of that. Right. Yeah. Can't wait to get back to putting a forklift through a door. Boy, <laughs> I'd love to put a forklift through a door on a, on a gig you're on. Let's, yeah, yeah. We'll see if we can figure that out. Gobstobbler. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine that that wears on the artist just as much as it does us. Whereas we used to be able to get away with so many things that we just can't really get away with anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's like the buggy whip went away. I mean, there's some things that are, are probably best off that have gone away. I think a lot of the artists, though, um, uh, speaking for Zizi in particular, because I remember these conversations back in the early 2000s where the mailbox money stopped coming, where they, the, the money they were getting from radio stations and album sales started to dry up. And that mm -hmm. was the, that was the source of living, so that they could spend nine months creating a, a new album and having some kind of artistic outlet to that. And um, that certainly changed for all of them. And for our for our sake, it's a good thing because they're all on the road right now, right? And they'll stay yeah. on the road because that's how they make money. You and I are just old enough to remember when touring was the loss leader. You just toured to sell it, to promote your album. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's the that's other way it. around. You release an album so that you can promote a tour. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It's true. 
Yeah, because the productions back then lost money on a weekly basis, but it didn't matter because the record sales were through the roof. So, yeah, it was a different thing. That's when a t-shirt was like five bucks. Yeah. This, the album was 20. Yeah. And that was your that was your swag. You went home with that and you were happy. The tickets were 10. Yeah. <laughs> there was well. no ticket. There was no ticket fees on them. There was no service charge. And yeah, it's just a different time, man. It would take at least a day for something to sell out. There's no, there's no such thing as selling out in seconds. You know, you actually had yeah. to wait in line in a tent oh, yeah. if you had to to be yeah. at the box office. Yeah, not to mention that the the actual sales weren't readily available online for somebody to say, "Hey, we sold this many tickets today." You'd have to go to each outlet to figure out how many they sold. So, yeah. Do you think that the corporatization of our industry has kind of affected your relationship with the artists do you still get to hang out with the artists the way that we used to um yeah as a matter of fact i think um in some cases it's become more important because the artist would not prefer to be involved with the corporate thing and you can be a liaison to them or for them in those situations um i don't see them actually interfering necessarily with the act itself but as we were talking earlier like if if um, a band came to town and you were a promoter you made sure they had steak dinners you made sure that they had a really good bottle of wine or they had t-shirts so they had something because you were a guest in their house and right they wanted you to come back and what's missing now is they don't really care if you come back because you're the only game in town so you're going to have to you're going to have to yeah. play that way and even if if the tickets sales are soft well they may start cutting stuff out of your rider and there's not a whole lot that i can see that you can do about it i mean you may complain about it but you're certainly not going to cancel the show over it and they know that and because they are the only game in town, uh, it definitely makes it um, makes it harder for the, all the acts in that sense. There's exceptions. I mean, you have this, you know, you have the Fleetwood Macs and the Stones and and bands like that. That you know, that's not going to change for them. But you know, the the middle of the road, you know, two thousand seater guys, they're the ones that are really getting hit hard because in the old days, the theaters. You know, in downtown Louisville, for example, those guys, they took care of you and they wanted you to come back. Even, if, hey, we didn't sell tickets this time, but we know it's going to be great next time. Or, you know, it's, you know, it's just a different, different mindset on it. I know the first time that alarm bells really went off in my head is when promotion companies would say, well, if you don't play this venue, you don't get to play this venue. Basically, they were saying like, look, this is our if we don't get to appease this market, then we're not going to give you this one. Yeah. And that's when it came from it being a privilege to play at places like the forum to being a responsibility to be playing at the forum. Yeah. 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 It has, it, it, it comes top down when people aren't excited to be there. It, you can tell. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. There was a, a, definitely the markets, they all competed with each other and that's probably the biggest difference is there's not a lot of competition. So you don't really have to work uh, too hard 
to be different and you don't have to be creative with with your approaches because you're the only game in town you know you don't have to think about you know these guys are sold out five five shows for us i think we're going to do lobster dinners and we're going to get them a nice little jacket to remind you know all the money we made but it just doesn't work that way anymore no no we're uh i don't know if we're part of an industry that's too big to fail yet. I don't know if we're that big yet. It definitely doesn't well, feel like it during the pandemic. It doesn't feel like we're getting the, the attention that we no. are due. No, but you know, uh, thank God for Michael Strickland. Uh, I think he's, he's done an amazing job on all of it because it's such a ginormous undertaking. Um, but I do, I, you know, I, I look at history and I look at, the, the last hundred year old pandemic and what followed it was the roaring twenties. Yep. And it makes, and it makes me think that no matter what, you're not going to be able to rep- replace coming together as a community and being fans of a particular band. This band means so much to you and you're in a room with 10,000 people that it means as much to them. You just can't replace it. And I don't think that, you know, it's certainly, Certainly not um, critical of what we do, but I'll say this. My wife, Susan, the nurse, she told me one time, because I had been saying to her, you know, I can't imagine what nurses are going through right now. I mean, it's just, it's a tough job to begin with, but every day you're going into doom and gloom. And um, I said how essential her job was. And, you know, I just... Sometimes I, you know, I feel foolish even talking about it because she's actually, she's literally saving lives. Yeah. And she, she said to me that my job is as critical to her and her, the people in her profession as any job there is because they need that escape from their day-to-day lives and they want to be able to go somewhere to forget about all this stuff. And if we weren't doing what we were doing, then... Uh, and so it made me, you know, it didn't make me think I was smarter or better. <laughs> it just made me feel a little appreciated and that we are playing a really important part when we do what we do. Yeah, we may not be frontline, but we're we're definitely supporting the frontline. We're, yeah, we're second us line. Gu- yeah, and our sliding guys are not backline. So, <laughs> so there you have it. So some kind of line, <laughs> some kind of line in there for a lighting guy. <laughs> when you are not working shows, do you go to shows? Are you a concert goer? I, I am. I am. I um, I got in this business because of music. Um, I, I played uh, in bands for a long time and I, all my friends were in the business, you know, technicians and such. So when I'm home, I try to go to see a lot. My wife and I are big music fans. We, we uh, we go see friends from time to time, but I'll buy tickets if if it's somebody I really want to see. I gotta go, you know. There's there's just um, you know as you, as I get older, it's you know it's not about things, it's about experiences, right? I mean, you can yeah. buy things, but you can't sit third row center for Diana Krall or somebody like you know just amazing performer, and uh, that's so that's definitely a big part of our lives yeah i still buy tickets i still have three tickets that are on hold from march of 20 we just don't know when they're going to get rescheduled and yeah i i'm I'm, 
I'm the same with you. Like if, yeah. if I know somebody and I want to hang out with them, I'll, I'll reach out, but I would rather be the one to say, Hey, I already have tickets. If we can come sit at front house with you, that'd be awesome. But we are, I mean, yeah. I, we should still be supporting. Yeah. The business that we're in. Like. Yeah. yeah. I, that's a good point too. Uh, I am not a, um, I have not or never been like a Napster Spotify kind of guy for that same reason. If I love music, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to pay for it and I'm going to own it because it's what makes our business go around. If you can't support the business that you're in and uh, maybe let's say you steal all your music or somebody else gives it to you or whatever the case is, it's kind of detrimental to what we do because if everybody did that, there would be no acts left to play because who could afford it? Then yeah. plus record record companies wouldn't there would be no record companies. Why would you do it? There was no money. So you got into this for the music, but you're you'll still do a corporate gig whenever you're asked to, yeah? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh I think, you know, um doing it over all the years, you learn a lot of things. And one of the things that you want to do is you never want to sell yourself short and say, I'm just this guy. If I'm a lighting guy, I should be open to all of it. And it networks to everything. Their business is really small. And the people that I know, I've met some people on tour. I've met some people on trade show booths. It's just, um, you know, it's just it's part of the same to me. Yeah. Uh, the, the only way to pivot, to really limit yourself is to say no to something. And like, oh, I, no, I don't do television. Like, well, yeah. if your band's going in to do a television set, television shoot, they're going to get somebody else and then they might forget yeah. you. Yeah. Not to mention that the guy that's probably doing it, I did, I did the tonight show many years ago and the guy, and I've forgotten his name, but he's really well known. He was such a sweet guy. He'd been did there since Johnny Carson was there. And of course uh, I was, it was a tour. We were on tour and we did the tonight show and I went to the taping and he introduced himself and he, he was asking me what I, what he should do. And I was kind of like taken back by it, but it was really a kind gesture on his part anyways, to be considerate of what I thought was, you know, what, what I thought. Uh, but I walked away from there and I learned so much from working with him that day. I'll, I'll forever be grateful. I mean, it was, he just took the time to teach me what he knew about television lighting for 40 years. And, you know, it was just an afternoon or whatever, but uh, it was spectacular. It was really good. Right, you just gotta you gotta just soak that all up for basically a free yeah, lecture. That's right. That's right. I mean, I, I'm seriously, I seriously love lighting, and I, uh, I have a passion for it. So, if I didn't, it wouldn't mean nothing to me. But for him to do that to me, it was just, it was everything. It was really great. Nice. That's uh, that's probably the part I miss the most is just hanging out and talking about lighting with uh, some beverages in my hand and yeah, making fun of people. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, just uh, having catering with friends that I just met that day, and you know, maybe having friends having uh, lunch with new friends the next day. That's the part yeah. that's that's really hurting the most these days. It's it's hard to uh, describe. I would never equate it with being in military battle, but there is a lot of parallels to it in that you go through a tour with, uh, you know, 50 or 60 guys and you experience something that only you 50, 60 guys 
do. And some days are great and some days are bad and crisis defines character. And at the end of those things, uh, you know, they're, they're your family. And uh, to not have that, uh, that outlet to sit around and, and bullshit and, you know, make fun of each other, um, I really do miss it. I mean, it's a big part of what we do. And one of the reasons that I think I've been in it so long, because I have all those experiences with all the people that I've toured with over the years doing that same kind of thing. Yeah. I'm still at the level where the, the, the worst times out on the road are the ones that I remember the most fondly. <laughs> of course that's human yeah. nature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When things are good, like it's wonderful and you get very comfortable and even complacent sometimes, but yep. man, when yep. things are bad, like you got to think on your toes, you got to pull together. You got to, you know, those are the things yep. that we remember. I, I, uh, I'm a glutton for punishment and I much, <laughs> much prefer doing theaters over arenas for that exact reason that arena you you get your trim every day. They have big loading doors. They have the spots in the right place. Everything is pretty much the same as it was yesterday. When you do theaters, they're all different. And you have to use all the tools in your toolbox to be able to get through the day. Oh, there's no front truss today. Oh, there's, you know, the spotlights. If people stand up in the balcony, they're in the way. And, you know, the load-ins down an alley through a garage. And, you know, all those all those war stories um, make that's why it makes those tours so memorable because you're constantly having it's not easy street and it makes you it makes you makes you a better lighting guy you know and hopefully a better person you're not the one guy that's bitching about everything but you know hopefully you're a better person for it yeah uh, calling them war stories definitely ties the two together They're, we're not the same we're definitely not in the military in any sense but there are some parallels there Oh yeah. Been in the trenches I, with a lot of good people. I've even had one guy take it too far where his, uh, his, his first son was being born and he didn't want to leave the tour because we were his, his, his unit. And we're like, you, you don't know what you're missing. You yeah. to the point he we had to like, time off. <laughs> yeah, we almost had to threaten to fire him. Like you need to go. Yeah. yeah. We, we love it. We'd love the respect. Thank you. We are your platoon, but go the fuck home. <laughs> you know, it was his first. He didn't fully grasp what, yeah. what was about to happen. I give it up to him, though. I mean, that's that's dedication. But, uh, you know, age age will change all that. And, you, <laughs> and you, you start to quit your priorities, get your priorities straight. Yeah. If you miss your first, you will definitely not miss your second. That's for sure. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's right. Uh, I, I give a lot of props. I think a lot of us have been, we've a lot of, a lot of us have had that drilled into us that, you know, work above all else, but I, yeah. I think we might've grown past that. I think we're growing I, past that. I really, uh, yeah. And I think this year has a lot to do with it. Uh, as much time as I've been home with my family, it's the first time having to leave for an extended period is going to be the roughest ever because, it's been a solid year of us being together and it's been a gift. It's just been fantastic. But uh, I'm sure when the time comes, it's not going to be easy. Oh man. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think I'll remember how to still tour. I'm pretty sure I've got <laughs> everything. I'm going to, 
I got just gotta find my suitcases. I'm not sure where I put them. <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't seen them. I don't know where they're at. I think my suitcases probably miss me. They're like, what is happening? Yeah. We haven't been down here for this long in forever. Yeah. What'd you do? Get fired? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my suitcase at? Uh, we actually had to find storage for some extra shoes the other days. And I realized like, oh my God, I could just put them in my suitcase. I could, yeah. I could do that and just use that suitcase as shoe storage for a while. Wow. That's sad. That's really yeah. sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my suitcase out on the road. My suitcase is like almost my best friend. I spend it's more your time house. in my suitcase than, yeah. It's your house. Yeah. Your bags and it's what you have for a house for how many months you're gone. Yeah. I get it. It's important. I'm still terrible at folding my clothes and putting them back in the dresser. You know, even after 11 months, I still, I, I'm, I can do it. I don't like it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You mean you have to do your own laundry? You can't just send it out? I got to do my own laundry. Set my, I check my email and nobody tells me what to do in my email every yeah. day. I, yeah. I have to drive my own bus. Wow. Does it, do yeah. the, the passengers get drunk and complain? <laughs> no. Well, they complain. They, they, <laughs> uh, my kids are nine. They're, they're basically drunk. They, I, <laughs> <laughs> they act they act about the equivalent of some yeah. of the guys on the road who were drunk yeah it's perfect <laughs> uh what i'm not missing as much as i thought was the the people asking about what i do the the few people that i do inter intermingle with in my in my small community uh and this might be more of a canada vegas thing but nobody really asks what i do anymore which i i don't miss that uh, when I was in Vegas, that used to be a thing that, you know, people ask, so it's almost like the first or second question when you meet somebody, I was like, what do you do Yeah, uh, up here? And especially during the pandemic, I just don't get asked that question much anymore. No, I, I mean, I have people reaching out to me, neighbors that are like, so you're one of those guys that hasn't worked all year, huh? Yeah. Can you tell by the blank expression on my face? <laughs> <laughs> How did you tell? But I, like I say, I, I just say lighting and, and, it, and I think it's, it's just vague enough that they, they don't really dig into it too much. You know, I, I certainly don't want somebody, uh, I, I don't like playing the, um, the celebrity card as it were, you know, cause people just treat you different and there's just, it, it doesn't make any sense. But when you say lighting, they go, oh, okay. And they, and somewhere in the back of their minds, like, the guy sells light, uh, lights and fans and stuff. And it's, <laughs> he's works out of one of those stores, I think. Yeah. I can deal with anything as long as they don't call me AV guy. That, oh. I, that, I don't think that represents what I do. No, or roadie. Uh, and, you can call me a roadie because you yeah. are one. Yes. Yeah, outside, right. of, outside of us, nobody can call me that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the connotation of it. Uh, you know, it used to be a badge of honor, but yeah. in, in the politically correct circles, roadie is probably not. You would much rather be called a technician of some kind than yeah, roadie. I'll take lighting guy over roadie. Yeah, LG, lighting guy. Sure, yep. I'll call it. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, take yeah. it. We are almost out of time. One of the questions that I, I like to ask is if all things were equal, would you take a music gig that pays a normal rate or would you take a 
a corporate gig that plays X point five. Would you would you pay, take the 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 music gig that you love, or would you take the corporate gig that pays a little more? I'm gonna. I'm going to pick the music gig because I'm going to put more into it. I'm going to get more out of it and they're going to get more out of it than if I would do a corporate. Now, certainly there's corporates that involve music. Um, yeah. I certainly like the fact that, you know, Hey, 10 o'clock it's time for coffee, you know, you know, on a, on a music gig shit. I miss lunch, breakfast and dinner today. And they still have problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little less civilized in that sense. And there's no, there is no, hey, where's my 15 minutes? You know, you don't get it because it's not no. But the corporate thing, and then, you know, of course, you're only working eight hours or, you know, if you work 10, there's OT. And right. if, there's a, if there's less than eight hours, there's a turnaround. You don't get that in rock and roll. You do 16-hour days, sleep for two hours, get up and do it again. So, but I still, yeah. like I say, I get, I get more out of it. And I think the client's going to get more out of it for me choosing to do it because I, it's what I love. I think the, I think it's the house lights go factor that you Uh, just don't get, you know, when you do a corporate gig, the big moment is the doors are opening, but there's no big lighting cue that shows that, you know, an event is starting. And the difference is, is that uh, those corporate things, people aren't necessarily paying to go there's something they they must do or whatever so it's a different thing i've had some you know i've had some great rock bands play corporates before and they get paid enormous amounts of money and there's some of the worst performances ever because <laughs> because at the end of the day the, the people aren't there for them they're there for their cor- corporate thing and of course they're going to dance and what have you but it's just not you know it's just not all of it they're not to they're not there to see the band they're there to be seen seeing the band yeah <laughs> that's right yeah i've seen that I, oh, i've yeah. definitely witnessed a few corporate events where they 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 have the best entertainment like a sting or a dave yeah. matthews band and the people stay for like three songs and then they're gone you're like what yeah yeah or Do you dancing. realize what uh, what a treat this is? Yeah, how much this cost or stuff. We did a <laughs> ZZ, ZZ did a court uh, did it wasn't a corporate it was a private event, and a ranch up in uh, west of Dallas uh, for one man. He uh, his his name was Louis. He's since passed away, but his mother and father adopted him, and they started. Exxon Mobil, or they started one of the big companies, or they were Wildcatters. And he had this big ranch up in Copperell, Texas, and he built a complete Tomcat stage on his helipad. And we brought in, it was Shoko, and uh, it was, you know, it was the touring lighting, and it was for him. He had a, he had a lazy boy chair in the middle of the, of the grass, and uh, he thought this was the greatest bragging thing of his life. ZZ Top played for just for me. And of course, there was some some staff and uh, us and the road crew and stuff. But uh, the band gets out there and it's like smoke and, you know, booming. And it was just great. And the song ends and there was one guy clapping. <laughs> it was just, 
terrible. <laughs> and of course the band was like, you know, they were kind of over it quickly. And he was too, it was a really awkward hour set. The next year he invited all his friends and he had lazy boys on the grass for everybody, but he, he did it. He managed to pull it off, which is weird. Needless to say. I can see both. I can see how in his head he thought that would be. That's oh, the best. So bragging. decadent and so extravagant. Yeah. For a Texan. Yeah. Yeah. I had ZZ Top play for just me. Yeah. After the first song, though, you'd be like, this was a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I'm glad that you're there to, to see him. Uh, right his wrongs because that's not what music is about no no well it's, i think it was more of like i say i think it was more of a texas thing yeah you can't you can't get bigger bragging rights than that i guess maybe <laughs> you know, george Strait in your living room i guess but that's about it so right on chris well thank you so much for sitting down with me uh, it's always good to hear your unique philosophies and kind of share uh, some more stories it's good to see you brother always a pleasure can't wait till we go back see each other on a front house rise or somewhere. Absolutely. 